Welcome to Tech Talk Online, sponsored by Stratford University. You can listen to Tech Talk Live Saturday mornings from 9 till 10. Find us online at federalnewsnetwork.com or hear us on the radio in the Washington, D.C. area on the following frequencies. 1500 AM, 1035 FM HD 2, and 1039 FM HD 2. We thank you for listening to Tech Talk Radio. Interfacing complete. Please stand by. Now downloading Tech Talk Radio with Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Russ. Tech Talk Radio, it's technology you can understand. And now, here are Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Russ. Welcome to Tech Talk Radio. We are in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. I'm Dr. Richard Schertz. And I'm Jim Russ. And as usual, a lot going on in technology, and hackers and malware have a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. WhatsApp malwares infects 25 million Android phones. So that's quite a big problem that you need to address. We'll talk about that later. They did some work where they used AI to analyze scientific papers, old scientific papers, and using the uh, machine learning, they were able to infer new results that the humans didn't notice within the data. And finally, I think this is uh, something important. AT&T is going to start blocking fraud calls. Really? You know, you can you can actually spoof a phone number. Um, and uh, so you don't, you know, like I could make a phone call with my cell phone and I could put, put in a, a um, phone number that wasn't actually my phone number. And, um, and the carriers can detect that, but the person receiving the phone call cannot. Finally, AT&T is going to block those phone calls with spoofed phone numbers. And I hope all the carriers do that. I think that's something that would help everyone quite a bit. The um, bird, bird scooters? Yes. Are going to Paris. No. <laughs> they are all Can over. they all go to Paris? They, that would be they great. are all in Paris. They've got... They've got, um, you know, thousands over there in Paris, and the Parisians are not happy with them. Wow, something is universal and, then, huh? But they have a very clever way to deal with it, which I'll get into in the details in the show. This week, we're going to feature Marcus Hutchins. Marcus Hutchins is the online malware tech, and he's best known for temporarily stopping the WannaCry ransomware attack that occurred back in 2017. He mm-hmm. was like an accidental hero in the <laughs> in the ransomware world. I'll explain his whole story. And, of course, it was a huge, huge mailbag. There's a letter in your mailbox. We got an email from Doug in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Doc, Dr. Shirts and Jim. Since I don't watch movies or play games or search the Internet or make many phone calls, or do texting, how many cell phone minutes, text messages, or data do I really need? Good point. Yeah. Can you please explain these elements uh, and how they're offered and, uh, you know, how they are offered by different um, carriers and what, what, what it all means? I find it a bit confusing. Since usage will vary from person to person, can you address or answer for, like, a typically low, middle, or high average usage person? Furthermore, why are there minutes, text, and data on cell phones anyway? Since the cell phone's a walkie-talkie, it should be similar to my desktop computer, which has all the same features, 
But I don't have to deal with minutes, text, or data. I just hook it up to the Internet. Uh, I'd like to understand all that. Thanks, Doug, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Well, of course, um, it's all about sending you the bill. And the uh, the carriers um, wanted to charge for things that, that they felt they could make money on. And so in the old days, basically people used their phones, their cell phones, to actually make phone calls. And so... And so the carriers uh, made money by charging you for so many minutes. And, uh, and that was pretty much how they did it. They, they kind of ignored text messaging back, back, in the, back in the day. And text messages really weren't even talked about. You, you got them almost as a, as, a, as a freebie. And then what happened? People stopped making phone calls, and they started just texting. So then... Uh, the carrier said, "Well, we better charge for these text messages because we're not we're not charging for the, the the minutes." Now it turns out that the text messages go out as what they call an SMS um, SMS short message service. It's a protocol that's carried as part of your cellular band, and so text messages do not count against your data cap. They're just part of your uh, your 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 cellular uh, connection. And it's not part of the streaming data with the cell phone. But SMS messages are limited to 160 characters. And now, I mean, I, I pretty much text all the time. I don't, I don't really phone call that much. It's so much easier to text. But you can add a picture. If you want to send a picture by text message uh, and you do that through your carrier, you use a different protocol, which is uh, MMS, Multimedia Messaging Service Protocol. And, and the carriers will, will charge you more for an MMS message. And if it's a big picture, they'll, they, 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 they might put a cap on the picture size. And so, and so they were making money selling text messages. And then what happened? Uh, Apple came out with iMessage, where they would send text messages using data. So when you send an iMessage, cell phone to cell phone, you're, you're using data, and it doesn't even show up as a text message with the carrier. So the carrier's making no money on text messaging. The carrier's making no money on minutes. So they say, look, we're going to have to make money on just selling data. So then they have data caps that charge you so much for data. And in fact, you can make phone calls using data. You, you, you can use voice over IP. So when I call people in other countries, I'll, I'll make the phone call with, uh, with WhatsApp, with Skype, with Viber. And, and, you, you, and you call and, and you're basically just using data. And so uh, gradually, everything has shifted to be more data centric. So those are the that, that's why the things are, are are laid out that way. And now surfing the web does not take much data. I mean, if you get emails on your phone, it doesn't take much data. Um, if but if you stream videos, like you know, if you stream Amazon Amazon Video, uh, that takes streaming videos take a lot of data. Uh, audio streaming audio like Pandora does not does not take much. So, I think in your case, I would just get the uh, sort of the minimum uh, the the minimum offering by your uh, by your carrier. I don't I don't think you'll need much. If you get emails, I think you'll need some data. I think you're going to want data. Um, and if you do any voice over IP calls like Skyping or Viber, you'll need data. If you if you if you send iMessages, you'll need data. 
but you probably don't need many text messages. But but they they pretty much are giving. I mean, what they're doing now, they're they're basically charging on data caps, and they'll and they'll give you unlimited minutes or unlimited text. So so just get the just go to the carrier and get the uh, get the minimum package now. You can get some pretty good deals uh, if you go to a Walmart Smart Talk. Um, see what these carriers do; they will re they will allow other people to sell their network, and it, and so you can go to you can get a Walmart plan, and you can either use the Verizon network, the ATT network, the T-Mobile network, and it's basically they're just reselling that network. You don't have the high priority, but you get a much better rate. So if you want to get the best rate, I would go to uh, Walmart and get one of these resellers and uh, and get a um, and get a resold network. That was a good question, Doug. We got an email from James Messick in North Carolina. Dear Doctor Shirts, I sometimes edit home video to upload to YouTube and share with friends. My old laptop wor- worked fine. It was for you know editing 1080p video. That's 1080 progressive video, but it does not really have enough power to handle 4K videos. Now, my Air Drone, my Mavic Air, Mavic Air Drone, Doug, you have a better drone than me. You got <laughs> that's not allowed. <laughs> Doug, you have a better drone than me. I, I want to get that Mavic Air Drone. Uh, it can produce 4K videos. I was wondering if it's possible or affordable to rent time on a remote computer to edit and render my videos? If so, what are some good options, and how much do I expect to pay? Thanks, James Messick. Well, James, using a cloud computer, a virtual machine on a cloud computer, is definitely a possibility. There are many services available. Since all the computing is done on the virtual machine, you can use any client. Now, here are a few free editors that look pretty good. And... um, and if you want to, uh, and you, you and the and you can get additional features in each of these free ones if you just pay a little bit of money. We got Movie Maker Online. Now that's a flexible online tool with royalty-free media to supplement your own movie clips. Movie Maker Online is funded by ads, which you might find distracting, and you'll have to deactivate any ad-blocking plugins if you want to use it. Movie Maker Online lets you upload videos, images, music, combine them into a project by dragging and dropping into a timeline. You can export it into only one format, MP4 format, but that's I think that should be fine. So Movie Maker Online is best for your browser. It works through your browser. So if you don't mind ads, I think that's really a good option. It won't cost you anything. Movie Maker Online. Then we've got ClipChamp. Now, ClipChamp is a free version of, uh, now, the free version of this ClipChamp tool lacks some of the advanced features, but it's easy to use as a good choice for simple movie maker tasks. The free version of ClipChamp, it's hard to say, Clip. It is hard Champ. to say. Yeah. You but, know, these people should think about how hard their, their tools are to say. When they I know, it's them. very it's very it's diff- frustrating and annoying. It is. So it has a few limitations, the free version. The biggest of which is you can only export videos in standard definition, not HD. Well, that, that'd be a, that'd be a showstopper for you because you want to keep your 4K. Now, there's a premium tier starting at about nine dollars a month that gives you more freedom. 
But if you need, if, but if you just need a simple free version, uh, they, you know, and you and you and you don't, and you can go with standard definition, not high definition, that that would be fine. Now, once your footage is in ClipChamp, you'll have access to tools including trimming, cropping, flipping, rotating, brightness, contrast, processing's fast, and you can share the results online or download the video to other projects. Adobe Spark is another option. Now, Adobe Spark is kind of a jack-of-all-trades. offers browser-based tools for making a lot of stuff in addition to video. I mean, you can make greeting cards, flyers, Instagram posts, and videos. Spark gives you two options for making videos. One, one, in one case, you can use one of Adobe's own themed templates, or you can start from scratch. Whichever you choose, you'll be able to upload uh, photos, video clips, or import them from cloud services like Dropbox. You can record audio from your PC microphone. To adjust the length of the clip, you just change the number at the bottom right of the viewing image, and you, your finished video will be bear a small Adobe Spark watermark on the bottom. And the last one I'll talk about is Online Video Center. Now, despite the name Online Video Center, is about more than just cutting up videos. The site lets you upload files up to 500 megabytes in size or work with clips stored on Google Drive or other online services. You can then opt to trim away unwanted footage and crop if you've made if you've if you've taken too wide of a shot. There's a rotate function for the footage accidentally shot with your phone on its side. There's even a Chrome extension so you can access tools more easily. When you're happy with the changes, you can Pick from a variety of popular formats to export to, and it's quite easy. So all of those, those are four options for you. I think that I think one of those is going to work for you. Movie Maker Online, Clip Champ, Adobe Spark, or Online Video Cutter. We got an email from Bob in Maryland. Dear Doc and Jim, I just read this slightly disturbing article about Windows 10 not backing up the registry and not informing the user that they're not backing it up. What's going on? Thanks, Bob in Maryland. Well, uh, it is true. Microsoft, I did something sneaky, and I think, they've, I think they're coming clean on it, and I think they'll fix it. Microsoft issued a warning for 8 million Windows 10 users that it stopped backing up the registry in October of 2018, <laughs> starting with, version Windows 10, version 1803. Now, the operating system gives the impression that the registry is backed up, but the file size of the backup is zero. They said they did it to reduce the footprint, uh, you know, so it doesn't take as much storage space. But the company finally came clean about what happened, and ironically, this disclosure comes just two months after Microsoft pledged to give Windows 10 users more control and transparency. Now, backing up the registries is crucial, and it's a last line of defense for many businesses and everyday users. Should your Windows Restore point fail, uh, you, you know, your registry backup is all you've got. And yet, Microsoft has now revealed what's actually happening. This means that the set point may not work. Now, I hope they're going to fix this quickly and then let users decide if they want to back up the registry. We got an email from Lynn in Ohio. Dear Doc and Jim, I've got a Gateway PC that's running Windows 7.1, uh, and I upgrade. I just upgraded the USB 3 to USB 3.0 by by adding a USB 3.0 expansion card. 
The only thing I use this particular computer for is writing blogs in Microsoft Word before uploading them to WordPress. Now, I plan to turn my blog post into a series of books someday, so I'm going to keep the post stored on my hard drive in MS Word format. Right now, the, the seven folders containing the post and associated images add up to about 22 gigabytes. My question is, is there anything wrong with using a 64-gigabyte USB thumb drive to back up these critical files? I don't need to back up everything on the computer. I just want the Word files that I'm using for the blog, these seven directories. Now, I bought the USB 3.0 card because I actually wanted da faster data transfer when I do my backups. What's your thought about this? Lynn in Ohio. Um, oh, she added, a buddy of mine said that thumb drives aren't reliable for backup. What's your opinion? Well, your friend is right, Lynn. USB flash drives are unreliable. I knew this is coming. Yeah. And if there's and uh, you know, and if there's one thing you want with a backup uh, medium, it's reliability. Now, flash drives can be a little bit finicky, you know, and sometimes sometimes Windows will cache data and then a few seconds later it writes it to RAM. So you think it's written it you you think it's written it to the uh, to the thumb drive, but it's only written it in cache, and it hasn't transferred to, to to the thumb drive yet. And if you remove the thumb drive before the cache has been emptied and fully written to the drive, you'll corrupt the file. That happens to a lot of people when they when their files are done. Now you can always there's something called eject. You, if you you can hit you can eject the thumb drive, and what that does that clears the cache and it makes certain that everything has been written there. Now, you never want to trust all of your life's work on one backup. So if you're going to keep your files backed up to USB drive and you really want to do that, you're just dead set on it, get three of them and back it up to three drives. So at least you've got it three times. And, and so... <laughs> This is for someone with OCD, right? That's right. These are for people, you know, if you just insist on backing up that USB drive because it's so convenient, have more than one. It, well, two would be better than one. Yes. Two would certainly be better than one. And these days, 64-gigabyte thumb drives are cheap. Are, are cheap. Now, you can, also, you can also get free cloud storage on Google Drive, Microsoft OneDrive, Carbonite. And I'm telling you, you can get uh, – you, you can go to these – let's see, you've got um, – so you, let's see, you've got 22 gigabytes. So, yeah, you, I'm quite certain that you could get – cloud backup that would uh, that would not cost you anything it'll back up 22 gigs um, I don't think you can uh, you know uh, and for not much money you, you you can get a terabyte of uh, of hard drive space. so it could be that a cloud backup would be a very good option for you so you, you have them stored on the computer you back up to the cloud but when you just want to move them around at, you know as for as as portability, you could copy to the to the U, to the thumb drive. But then the thumb drive is not really your backup. It's just a it's just a way to to go from one computer to the next. You can also get um, you know USB hard drives that are dirt cheap, and and you could you could set up your computer to automatically back up to the uh, to the external hard drive. So then you've got it on your computer. You've got the external hard drive, and then you've got the thumb drive for portability. Now, the advantage of the cloud is that your files are in another location. Suppose somebody breaks into your house and steals your computer, and they, <laughs> and they steal your that external hard have. drive, and they steal your thumb drive. Oh, what have you got? I mean, you, you have backups, but they were all stolen. Right. And that, actually, that one happened that, about 25, 20 years ago we, we, at, uh, at school. We, somebody stole your stuff. 
somebody stole my stuff and and I had my I had my backups all carefully cataloged right right beside the computer and they just stole all the backups too. So wow. so so actually backing up to the cloud gives you re, gives you a, a redundant location mm-hmm. or uh, a bank safety deposit vault. Put one of the USBs there. You could do that too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, you know, and yeah, the only reason I'm trying to be so particular about this because this is your life's work, and right, if you yeah, lose yeah. it, you lose it, it would really be bad. Listen, we love your emails. We do indeed. Email us at techtalk at stratford.edu, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. It is Saturday morning, and you're listening to Tech Talk Radio, heard every Saturday on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. 1500 AM, 1035 FM HD2, 1039 FM HD2. Watch us do the program by downloading the Periscope app to your device and following us at WFED Tech Talk. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has seasoned IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Go to stratford.edu slash cybersecurity today. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. We're in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. And now it is time for... Profiles in IT. Yes, today we're going to feature Marcus Hutchins. Marcus, Marcus Hutchins is... Known on the internet as the malware tech, he's a British computer security researcher best known for temporarily stopping the WannaCry ransom attack back in 2017. But unintentionally so. Well, he, he, he sort of stumbled into the solution and just did it. It was like put his finger in the dike and held it off. <laughs> it was uh, quite a story. Read. It was very dramatic. Now, he always loved to tinker with computers, but... He got in with the wrong crowd when he was a teenager, and he started writing malware at age 15. He's pretty good at it, actually. He registered a domain called ghosthosting.com, and uh, and it basically advertised the sale of uh, malware, you know, to hackers on the you know on the on the um, black internet, on the hidden internet. And he would, he would advertise uh, services on ghost hosting on the hackforum.net. Now, one of his aliases was Iarchy. And, uh, and when he, uh, he, he, he was telling, uh, uh, speaking as Iarchy at a chat forum at uh, Hack Forums, he told one of the 
fellow Hack Forum users that 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 he was that his business was hosted on ghost hosting and was mainly for black hats wanting to fish. That of course is that you would it gives you the tools to embed malware into an email. If somebody clicks on it, you can you can take over their computer. Or it might be for, for no or for phishing, you 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 get them to click on a link, it goes to a malicious website, and then you've got malware embedded in the website, it installs on their computer. Now, in, uh, and the thing is, he, he actually didn't do a very good job of sort of hiding who he was. Now, many suspected that uh, Hutchins also sold and authored the Kronos Banking Trojan. The, this was the Kronos Banking t- Trojan where, uh, where people could, could, would basically grab, grab passwords and help people break into uh, bank accounts. And he, and he sold the Kronos Banking Trojan online. Uh, at least the FBI thinks he did that. And so he sold stuff on the dark web. Now, he had a pretty uh, significant career in writing malware and being a black hat guy on the wrong side of the fence. I don't think he made a lot of money, but, but he, he, got, he got a lot of notoriety and he enjoyed it. But he finally gave it up in 2013. He, got, he saw the light and he stopped writing malware and he became a white hat hacker. And he started working for a security company, Cryptos Logic. It was a cyber firm. So he figured out if he, now that he knows all about malware, he flips to the other side and he works for a cybersecurity firm, he can really be effective. And I think his salary at Cryptos Logic was greater than what he was earning as just selling this malware on the malware uh, on the dark web. Interesting. So that was uh, 2013. And so he anonymously authored a white hat uh, malware blog. It was malwaretech.com. And it, 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 I went back and looked. At it. it is an excellent blog. It's got a lot of highly technical data. And so the community loved malware tech because it showed them how to understand, how to analyze malware, how to protect from malware. It was, he, he was an excellent teacher, actually. So he anonymously authored that. And... Uh, and he had quite a following there. Now, in 2017, Hutchins was working from his home when the WannaCry malware began spreading like wildfire. It was encrypting systems, crippling businesses all over Europe. It hit, uh, it hit Britain first. The UK's National Health Service was one of the biggest organizations hit. It forced doctors to turn patients away and emergency rooms to close. I mean, it just trash their computer systems. Now, Hutchins, because he's working for this security company, Cryptos Logic, and, and actually he's working out of his home in the UK, he got a copy of the, of, the, of, the, um, of the malware, and he looked at it, and he discovered that there was a domain name referenced in the code, and this domain name had not been registered. So he immediately registered it to see what it would do. Mm-hmm. It turned out that this domain name was a kill switch for the WannaCry virus. And so what it did, when it started executing, it would go out and look for this particular domain name. If it didn't find it, it would keep on working. But if, the, if it found that domain name, it would stop. And so as soon as he registered that domain name, the WannaCry viruses that hadn't installed yet stopped installing. Hmm. 
And uh, and so he sort of, you know, happened into this thing. And he just registered this domain name on, you know, with his local ISP. It wasn't wasn't a big big thing. But it, it but wasn't it wasn't hosted on a high capacity server. So then what happened? Uh, the um, they, they call it a sinkhole. So they say Hutchins had sinkholed the ratchet the the, uh, the 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 ransomware. Now, then what happened? The angry operators of this malware they realized what he had done. So they started putting all of these bots to try to bring it down. He had he he had hundreds of you know angry people that were you know counting on this malware to go to to go through, and they they started bringing tried to bring down. His um, his server, so he stayed up. He and his friends stayed up twenty four hours. They got no sleep. Mm. They kept trying to keep this domain up because if the domain goes down, the ransomware just takes off again, and you know, and it will just do un- untold damage because there's a lot of ransomware just stopped because of the sinkhole. And once the sinkhole's gone, boom, it's going to start over over again. Mm-hmm. So even the FBI was trying to help them. You know, with this, because they knew that he'd stumbled onto uh, a, a pretty clever solution. So finally, Cloudflare, which is a, a cloud-based provider, they stepped in, and they're able to handle distributed denial of service attacks and all sorts of, of, of highly scaled attacks. And so they transferred the domain name to Cloudflare, and it was done. And that, that domain name is still there, hosted by Cloudflare, by the way. Now, now this is the thing that's interesting. There's still a lot of WannaCry ransomware out there that is sinkholed by this domain name. If that domain name goes down, all that all that ransomware will just start activating again. So even if you weren't infected by WannaCry ransomware, you got you've got to make certain to clean your machine. Otherwise, it's a ticking time bomb. Now, that was sort of the beginning of news of the news for Marcus Hutchins. Okay, he was an anonymous guy, just doing his security work, working for Cryptos Logic. Nobody gave gave a hoot about him. And all of his hacking career, black hat hacking career, writing malware, selling malware, when, it, when he was 15 years old, no, nobody even knew about it. But then he became famous. <laughs> he became famous. And that's the worst thing for a malware exactly. writer. Right, he became right. famous. And then what, and what happened was... I mean, the the authorities never tracked down who was writing the malware. They never they never tracked down who the person behind ghost hosting was or any of that. But it turns out the press in the UK is really pretty good. They figured it out. They went through and and I saw how they did it because he he actually linked his real name with certain email addresses and at another point he lacked he 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 linked a username with an email address, and you could take and you go go through a train of these linkages that occurred over about three or four years, and you could finally trace back to the real person. And so the press figured out that Mark, who Marcus Hutchins was, and they figured out that he had written malware, and. Uh, Nobody could believe, and they and they even discovered that he was the anonymous author behind the uh, the malware blog, malwaretech.com, and so he he was he was like a rock star in a way. Um, 
And then the F- FBI got interested, and then they, <laughs> and the FBI, you know, said, "Wow, wait a minute here. This 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 guy was writing malware. That's you know, that's a that's a, that's a felony, or a, yeah, you know." And so and so back in um, last year, at, at at the DEFCON conference in Las Vegas, uh, this is the this is the hacker conference that's held annually in Las Vegas. He he flew from the UK, went to DEFCON, spent the week at DEFCON. The FBI was like tracking him around, and then he went to get on the airport. They went to the uh, went to get on the airplane there, and he went to the airport as he was leaving. FBI stepped in and arrested him. Well, at least they let him have a good time before they lock him up. They did. That's <laughs> that's right. And so they, and 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 actually everybody was up in arms because this guy was a rock star. I mean, he's the guy that had single-handedly stopped WannaCry, and this WannaCry ransomware. You know why it was so devastating? You, you remember. About two and a half years ago, when all of the NSA toolkit was released by one of their vendors, and it was just on the web, and NSA had some very sophisticated tools, what they call day zero uh, exploits uh, for different operating systems, and all of their bag of tricks were revealed. Mm-hmm. The WannaCry virus, within two months, used the most sophisticated tools within the NSA toolbox It had been that you know that had been uploaded to the web by by one of the NSA vendors, and and then it turned out that Microsoft had written patches for these exploits, but as you know, people just don't patch, and yeah. so there were so many systems that hadn't been patched because Microsoft just had released the patch within the last you know just a couple of months before that, and so you know it you know to get everything patched might you know take takes a while, so there were so many unpatched systems that this WannaCry. WannaCry virus just really took off. Now, now the reason I uh, sort of talked about Marcus Hutt, you know, I went back and looked. And I, it's, it's kind of a shame because when he was a teenager, I mean, he was doing this, but he was just in with the wrong bunch of kids, right. and they were having and he straightened fun. Straightened himself out. They, they were, and he, but he, and, and he straightened himself out. So everybody's saying that, that you know he needs to have leniency. So the reason his name came up is that on April nineteenth, twenty nineteen, he finally pled guilty to the uh, the charges. He what, needs a better lawyer. What what what? Okay, what happened? Let me tell you what happened in Las Vegas. Why why he spilled the beans? When he went to the airport, well, actually, when he, when he was at DefCon, the FBI was going around because because they you know they have like parties there and everything, so they were going around, and he was drinking, and <laughs> and so and so the FBI interrogated him. He didn't even know he was being interrogated, so he was and drunk. he was and he was drunk. And then he was bragging about what he did. Oh yeah! So he didn't mean to, to spill the beans. No, he said, "Oh yeah, ma, yeah, I really, I, I wrote one of the best viruses, you know, I, you know." And, oh, and, he, and he was really proud of the fact he wrote this one password uh, grabbing virus that was so sophisticated that the antivirus programs wouldn't pick it up. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, I did that too, and you know, and, and you know, you know, you, you know, you're at DefCon and you're, you know, you, you're a rock star, so you want to show your stuff. So the FBI said, "Oh, really? Interesting." So then, finally, they uh, they arrested him at the airport, and um, and then his defense was, "You didn't read me my Miranda rights, and I was drunk." And they said, "Well, actually, we did read you your your manual. You don't remember. You, you just don't remember." <laughs> <laughs> so, but everybody, uh, you know, kind of likes Marcus, and they they want him to go uh, lenient for him. Now, right now, he pleaded guilty. They, they dropped most of the charge. They just left one there. He could get up to five years in prison mm-hmm. and two hundred fifty thousand dollars in fine. Oh, two charges they kept, and they dropped all the rest for, for writing the malware as a teen. 
Now, that everybody in the security community is writing in to say, give this guy leniency. Well, what do you, he's going to get security service, uh, uh, community service and a fine, don't uh, you think? I, th- I think so. I, I hope they let, I just I hope, hope they let him off because actually he, he came to the, he's been doing really good work since then. So there, you know, everything you need to know about Marcus Hutchins, the man that was much happier being anonymous and not being famous. There really is a fine line here because I know one of the big programs at Stratford is is cybersecurity. That's right. So in order to protect against bad stuff, you got to know how to do the bad you, you, stuff. You actually have to know how to do it. Yeah. And so that and so when you when you're teaching that they call that ethical hacking. Mm-hmm. And so and so you you actually have to know how to how to write malware in order to in order to analyze malware. Yeah. So so there is ethical hacking and when and when Students are taught that they have to sign sort of a uh, a pledge of of ethical behavior. I was going to ask you. So, I mean, you get a lot of people who come through your program and do this. How do you? How do you? Is there also any other sort of screening that you do in order to make sure that you're not? Well, we don't. Or you really can't. You 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 really can't. You 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 really you really can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But but we need more people who are trained in cybersecurity because right now we're in a global war in cybersecurity and the U.S. is losing that war. Yeah. And the you know against uh, you know against North Korea, Iran, Russia, China, we're losing that war. And and in this cyber warfare, they're actually stealing all of our secrets on military weapons, airplanes. You know they. Our our um, industry is not protecting themselves enough, and and all of our intellectual property is just almost up for grabs. Yeah. And so we have got to win that cybersecurity when we, and we need more people trained in it. There you go. All right. It's Saturday morning. Okay. Hope you're paying attention because something we just talked about there could land somebody free lunch by playing the pop quiz. Coming up here on Tech Talk Radio, heard every Saturday on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. 1500 AM, 1035 FM HD2, 1039 FM HD2, and on the web. (laughs) Stop. No, you can't give him the answer yet. You just did it on the air, Doc. Oh. (laughs) I'm still signing us out here. Anyway, why just do the program uh, by downloading the Periscope app of your device and following us at WFED Tech Talk. Be right back. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has seasoned IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Go to stratford.edu slash cybersecurity today. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, 
and IT careers, here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Live from Washington, it's the Stratford University Pop Quiz with Andrew Mitchell, Jim Ross, featuring Mr. Big Voice, with musical guest, the Stratford University Junkyard Band, and your host, Dr. Richard Schertz. Your fan club. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Sit down, sit down. We know that you love They're the show. They're very compliant, and That's they know right. that there's free popcorn after the yes, show. Yes, indeed. So. And, of course, this is not simply a radio show. This is a classroom of the airways, and that means we're going to do an assessment to see whether you've been listening. And our assessment is a pop a quiz. If you get the right answer to the pop quiz, you'll get two tickets to fine dining at one of our dining rooms. Plus, you will get an A-plus for this particular show. Earlier in the show, I talked about Marcus Hutchins. He, of course, is the computer scientist who was able to stop the WannaCry ransom attack. Now, but earlier in his life, he had been a black hat hacker, and he'd been written malware, and the FBI found out about it, so they arrested him when he was attending what conference? There you go. If you know the answer to today's question, well, great. Does it really mean anything to you? Pick up the phone and give us a call. If you're dialing from west of the Rockies, it's 877-936-9333. Calling from east of Playa del Shirts, Virginia, it's 877-936-9333. If you're hanging out with the wrong crowd in Canada, call us on the Wild Guard line, 877-936-9333. Anyone else anywhere else should call us on the international line, 877-936-39333. Now, once again, here's Dr. Richard Schertz. Ah, uh, yes, thank you very much. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> okay, time for us to move along then. That's right. Oh, wait a minute. What if they're dialing by Skype? Oh, yeah. If you want to dial in by Skype, and so they get an encrypted phone call, you can simply That's connect right. to Tech Talk Radio 1, and your call will be forwarded to the studio free of charge. Okay, there you go. Okay, now, Alexa, this, of course, is the Amazon Echo, is going to offer NHS health advice in the U.K., That's the National Health Service in the U.K. So what it is, Amazon has teamed up with the National Health Service. And so you could ask in the U.K., Alexa, how do I treat a migraine? And it will give you the answer. Or what are the symptoms of the flu? Now, what is interesting here is that the Alexa app is going to use the NHS website, the National Health Service website, to provide the answer. So... So the National Health Service knows the answers are always correct. And so this is this technology will help patients who are elderly, who are blind, don't have access to the Internet through traditional means to get, you know, professional NHS-verified data quickly. I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Fantastic idea. Now, currently, if you are in the U.S. and you ask Alexa a health-related question, it either takes it from the Mayo Clinic website or from WebMD. And uh, I think the National Health Service did not want to use those two sources. They want to use their own service. And I think this is a fantastic idea to distribute health information. We do not have a winner yet, Dr. Schertz. Please ask the question once again. Okay. Earlier in the show, of course, I talked about Marcus Hutchins. He's the, the man who 
temporarily stopped the WannaCry ransomware. And uh, then he was arrested by the FBI for his teenage exploits of, of malware. And what conference was he attending when he was arrested? Well, if you know the answer, you need to give us a call, and here is the number. 877-936-9333. See, he's, we're, we're putting him to full use today. Yes, that is very good. No summer break for him. The WhatsApp application has been infected with malware, and it's infecting 25 million Android phones. Oh, great. Now, 25 million Android phones have been hit with malware that replaces installed apps like WhatsApp with corrupted versions. Now, right now, that malware, they'll, they'll give you a WhatsApp, a corrupted version of WhatsApp, and it serves up advertisements. So it's not doing anything malicious yet, but you have all these ads coming up, and of course these guys get paid for every ad that's displayed. It's been dubbed Agent Smith. <laughs> and the malware uh, uh, uses a previously known weakness in the Android operating system, which means you really want to update your Android system to the latest version. And it's been patched by Google previously. The problem with Android phones frequently is that a, a particular vendor will not update the Android operating system on the phone. And so there's a delay between when the, when the patch comes out and when it's deployed on the phone. So I would check to see whether you got the latest version of the update. Most of the victims are in India, where there's many as many as 15 million infected. There are more than 300,000 in the U.S. and 137,000 in the U.K. It's spread via a third-party store, 9apps.com, which is owned by China's Alibaba. Mm -hmm. So this is when people try to download apps from a third-party store instead of from the Google Play Store. That's where they get into trouble. Typically, such non-Google Play Attacks focus on developing countries making hacker success in the U.S. and U.K. Even more remarkable that they were, had some success here. This app silently installs the malware disguised as a, as a legitimate Google updating tool. No icons appear, and it makes it even more secretive. Now, legitimate apps like WhatsApp or the Opera browser are then replaced with corrupted apps that serve ads. So... You really want to clean your Android phone of this, and, I, and I'd su suggest you stay away from these third-party app download stores. Okay. We have somebody who liked to play okay. the, the show, the, the quiz. It is summertime, and our brains don't work. Yes. Let's go to line number one. This is Lewis calling us in Rockville. Lewis, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Dr. Schertz, please yes. ask the question. Earlier in the show, we, taught, we talked about Marcus Hutchins. What conference was he attending when he was arrested by the FD, FBI for his hacking work as a teenager? It was a It was what? Meeting on, on the hackers. Okay, well, what was In the name Las of the conference? Vegas. Try that again. What was the name of the conference? Lewis, you there? <laughs> yes, uh, I thought I already told told. Kevin. But you need to tell us. <laughs> That's the magic of radio. To tell us the name of the conference, Lewis. Okay. All right. The hackers. Okay. Sorry the that. The Las Vegas. That is. That's not. That's not the right answer. Sorry about that, Lewis. We'll 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 take a, open up the lines again, and we will see um, uh, if somebody else. Doc, ask the question one more time. Yeah. When uh, Marcus, when uh, Hutchins was. 
Marcus Hutchins was arrested by the FBI. What conference was he attending? All right. All right. The uh, number is 877-936-9333. Saturday morning, you're listening to Tech Talk Radio. Have heard every Saturday on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network, 1500 AM, 103.5 FM HD2, and 103.9 FM HD2. Watch how we react to uh, some of the things that happened in the studio by following us on Periscope. You can watch us do the show, download the Periscope app to your device, follow us at WFED Tech Talk. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has seasoned IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Go to stratford.edu slash cybersecurity today. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. We're in the virtual faculty lines of Stratford University talking technology. AI has been used to analyze old scientific papers, and they're making new discoveries. In a study published in Nature on July 3rd, researchers from Lawrence Berkeley National Lab used an algorithm called Word2Vec, and it sifted through scientific papers for connections that humans had missed. Their algorithm then made predictions for possible thermoelectric materials, for instance. They were anal- these are all papers about thermoelectric materials, which convert heat to energy and are used for heating and cooling applications. Now, the algorithm didn't even know the definition of thermoelectric. It received no training in the material science. It only used word associations. And then the algorithm was able to provide candidates for future thermoelectric materials, some of which may be better than we currently use. Now, to train the algorithm, the researchers assessed 3.3 million abstracts relating to material science. And it ended up with a vocabulary of about 500,000 words. The algorithms linked words that were close together, and they created vectors of related words to help define concepts. Now, the researchers scraped the data and tested the algorithm on old papers, seeing if it could detect or predict discoveries before they actually happened. So, for instance, researchers analyzed papers published through 2009 and were able to predict one of the best modern-day thermoelectric materials that was discovered four years later, or three years later in 2012. And so... They're now doing this as a way to guide future research. That's really a great application for machine learning. It is. Guess what? Yes. We got somebody. Okay. Like to play the game again. Let's go to line one once again. 
<laughs> we will talk to Chris from Alexandria. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Chris, you there? Hello, Chris. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Line two. Line two. Okay, we've moved up there from we one. Go. Yeah, sorry, we've moved up a line. Chris, yes. are you there? Chris is here. Chris, oh, good. okay. All right, Dr. Schertz. Okay, earlier in the show, we talked about Marcus Hutchins, uh, who was, of course, arrested by the FBI for his teenage hacking. What conference was he attending when he was arrested by the FBI? Chris, the answer? Chris, you there? Oh, wait a minute. There you are. Chris, you there? What's the answer to the quiz? Hello, Chris. Well, we're having some issues. Well, let's try this. Chris, are you there now? Here. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. What's the Good answer? The, what's the answer again, sir? Uh, Defcon. Defcon, you correct. are correct. Defcon. Okay. Correct. We're going to put you back on hold. Send you back over to Andrew. He will take your information, and we are now going to go to break. <laughs> Saturday morning. This is Tech Talk Radio. You're listening to us on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal uh, News Network at 1500 AM, 103.5 FM HD2 and 103.9 FM HD2. Be right back in just a minute. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has seasoned IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Go to stratford.edu slash cybersecurity today. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. We're in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. This is good news. AT&T is going to start blocking fraud calls. AT&T will start automatically blocking fraud calls and issuing suspected spam call alerts for new phone customers at no extra cost. Hmm. Now, you can opt out of it if you don't want it, but I think most people are going to want it. Existing customers will see the feature automatically reach their accounts in the coming months. They're just rolling it out slowly, but the new customers get it right away. If you like the capability, you can turn it on right now by downloading the AT&T Call Protect app or enabling it through your AT&T account. Although AT&T isn't charging extra, the FCC rules don't prevent it or others from charging for auto-blocking in order to, 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 you know, to earn more money. I'm hoping they just give that for free. That'd be a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. Hackers have breached Greece's top-level domain name registrar. These are the people that, that manage, uh, you know, the, like, .com, .net, .org. 
only in this case it's .gr, .grease, and .el. I don't know what EL stands for. I don't know. Let me, let me uh, check that out. So check the, that out. Reese's top-level demands are, are top GR, which I get, and then top EL, which we're going to research out what that means. Now, the, the domain name registrar is ICS 4th, which stands for the Institute of Computer Sciences of the Foundation for Research and Technology. The hackers behind the breach are the same group that actually were detailed in the Cisco Talos report, and the name of that group is Sea Turtle. The group used a relatively novel approach to hacking targets. Instead of targeting victims directly, they breach or gain access to accounts at the domain registrar that manage the DNS providers where they make modifications to the DNS settings. By modifying the DNS settings in the internal servers, they can redirect traffic meant for a company's legitimate site to clone servers where they carry out a man-in-the-middle attack and inter intercept login credentials. So what they do, see the domain name system, you, you put in a domain name like stratford.edu, and it sends back uh, a, um, a, an address, a, a binary address. And then your computer uses that binary address in order to reach the website. If you can hack the, the top-level domain, when they, when they request that particular digital address, they've corrupted the table so it sends back another digital address so the traffic is redirected to another site. And then they take from their site and direct it to the real site. So they sit in the middle. It's called a man-in-the-middle attack. And so they intercept login credentials to the site. It's very clever because the company that has been hacked don't even realize they've been hacked, and rarely do companies check the uh, the database in their domain name server. So so it was, it was very clever. It was discovered, and uh, and I think we're going to see more of that sort of things. It's not coming up. It's it's it, Clearly, it's a country domain because .is is Iceland. .gr is what comes up when I keep top, typing in .dl. Uh, E-L. E E-L, right? Yeah, .el. Yeah, .gr is Greece, so I yeah. don't know. Well, oh, okay. Oh, it's Andrew Mitchell with the, with the uh, tip in here. Eladia is Greece in Greek. Oh, so, it's, so, it's, uh, so there you go. So that's why it's going to .gr. Thank you, Andrew Mitchell. I see. Eladia is Eladia is Greece in Greek. Wow, good to know. That's why we have. That's why we have a top research department yeah, here. Yeah, and guess what? We're out of time. We are. Yes, we are. Oh my goodness! Listen, we love you. We love your emails. Email us at techtalk at stratford.edu and check out us. Check out the web, stratford.edu, and check out our programs. Let them know you saw those programs on Tech Talk Radio. Tech Talk Radio is sponsored by Stratford University. For more information on courses at Stratford University, call 1-800-444-0804. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk Radio Online. <laughs>